Um, could you tell me a little bit more about you and what you do? Yeah, I can. <laughs> I um, So, oh, wow, this is a big question for me at the moment because I'm in a really big transition. Mm. Um, so I went from being uh, the last year or in a bit being a social media expert so somebody um, who has worked in a business called the number one social media school for entrepreneurs with Jess Claire and supported her to build uh, that online business where people could take their ideas their visions and their messages and then turn them into a business um, so that there were people out there making money that wants to that want to make a difference to the world versus just to make money. Mm. So um, we call that humanity-led business. And at the moment, that's where my reputation is, <laughs> is someone who um, I have a bit of a split reputation I'm noticing within my community. Um, there's quite a few people that know me as a uh, like an expression coach, a life coach, and a... Um, uh, a, like a self-confidence coach which is why you reached out mm. and then there are a lot of people that know me as a business um, um there's a word for it <laughs> a consultant a business consultant yeah. so I consult people on how to build an online business um but ultimately how to just have more clarity in business and how to create and and then or recreate a business based on purpose versus based on trying to beat the man mm. so <laughs> um so I'm I'm really in a transition stage at the moment I have a few more like I have a couple of clients that I'm working with in the next couple of months um about business and um how to put themselves online and how to show up, um, how to be seen is one of the biggest obstacles. I noticed myself just coaching people in how to be seen, um, how to be comfortable with themselves in front of a camera, all mm. of those different things. Um, and I've really tried to integrate what I know uh, with my coaching, which is identity constructs, um, programming, human behavioural conditioning, mm communications also energetically like how to experience how to get into your body um and how to integrate all aspects of yourself like your spirituality um your your relationships so really assisting people with recreating themselves recreating themselves in their identity and that's what I love doing you know, I love when people come to me and, you know, I work with my brother, one of my youngest brothers. Mm -hmm. uh, he came to me asking to borrow some money one day and I was like, only if you work with me. Come and join my best life community for young adults because he was really dealing with a gambling issue, uh, you know, alcoholism, um, all of heaps of financial things and I was like okay so I really want to impact my brother's life and the only way I know how to do it is um to coach him so I need 
I need to get his permission to do that in a way, you know. <laughs> so, so I blackmailed him. Um, <laughs> no, so I gave him some money and he came and worked for me. He paid it back. He paid it back. But, um, but basically, you know, I was able to get him to stand inside of other people's shoes and have a look at his own identity and who he wants to be in the world and create a bit of purpose and in his environment. And um, I just noticed the difference, you know. And so that's why it lights me up. You're actually, you, you can notice a difference in someone else's universe and how they view themselves in the world. And I just really get, like my whole body gets goosebumps yeah. thinking about it. Yeah, so I'm transitioning into that full time um, with a couple of online programs mm. and events next year. Mm. Yeah, that's really amazing. Yeah. How did you, um, through this transitioning, how did you go from going from what you're doing to deciding this is for me, this is what I really want to do full time? Um, well, it wasn't like a magical, you know, sometimes you see it online this is the thing about online too. Everybody just tends to see the fluffiness. There's either like really like people that are like conspiracy theorists that are like really heavy and there's some real sadness or it's like the opposite end of the spectrum and people are like, wow, I just made $2,000 off of, you know, my MLM. So it's, <laughs> and I do that every day. <laughs> so <Yeah>. it's... <laughs> It sometimes tends to be one extreme or the other, and I notice that we just compare ourselves a lot. But ultimately, this was not an easy journey. Um, I chose to leave the number one social media school uh, because of a really deep unfulfillment. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not to say that that business is not extraordinary because it so is. Yeah. It's so extraordinary, and the conversations and and the the participants that I got to coach and the people that I got to interact with are extraordinary. Um, but it was, it just wasn't where I was supposed to be. And I think, um, I think that's why I, I'm really passionate now about having people listen to themselves because I didn't for 11 years, you know, since leaving school, I was just constantly doing what other people said I should do or that what they thought was good for me which was great because I really did not want to choose. I was like, making decisions is too hard, <laughs> you know, and if I didn't take responsibility, then I didn't have to be accountable for when it didn't work out. Yeah. So this was like the first real time in my life, I could easily say as a 27-year-old, mm. um, that I had made a decision for myself and what I wanted, and it was really hard. Yeah, it was really, really hard to make that decision. Um, and then to, and then to actually start taking actions on it was even harder. So I took a month off. Yeah. I just gave myself a month to really sit with it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, because I was really unfulfilled, you know, I didn't know that I was going to be, um, I didn't know that I was going to, my life would lead me to here. Mm. I, I didn't know that working at the social media school um, would have trained me in so many amazing tools to be able to, you know, really impact other people's businesses. And I didn't know that having those conversations 
would lead me to realize how amazing I am at being able to just love people into loving themselves. Mm. So it's, it's throughout well, the whole journey. And even this itself is a process, you know, what else can be next? Who knows? But um, I know that I just want to, I would just want to create containers and communities of people that just love each other up unconditionally and that we all just get that we're here for one human experience and to celebrate that. Yeah. So hmm. the journey continues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I often I often think about one decision I made X months or years ago led me to hmm. this moment here, led me to doing the podcast, led me to do um, an event. And now I connect with a lot of people when I do groups and I do circles and, and it was all because I made one tiny, tiny little decision. Um, yeah. It was just over a year ago. Yeah. And like it's I was amazing, going through depression and anxiety and, and what had happened was I had looked at my social media and it was all negative. And I knew mm. that wasn't going to be good for me. So I ended up deleting like over a thousand people. And I started mm. adding people that I thought they, they just had a really good energy about them. And that's when I started connecting with them and going to their events and doing work on myself. And, and yeah, just that one little decision has just led me to this point. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that those decisions aware decisions you know mm. those decisions we make where we where we can see I mean what's predictable for us if we continue on a certain you know route and then we're like you know I, for, for myself I was like what's predictable is that I'll just stay working for somebody else having put in a lot of work to have it you know have the business um, actually expand the way that it did so quickly mm. um, and then I'll just keep doing that and working for other people and never actually feel like I'm where I'm meant to be and appreciated for yeah. what I'm up to. And so it was this, even when I, cause I was working in hospitality for 10 years as well in hotel tourism, um, hospitality and every job that I had, whether I was casual contract management, I was always doing, um, I was always doing the training development of the staff mm. and I was like, I, I used to just fall into that position, fall into that position. I'm just naturally very good at communicating things in a way that people receive, like people really receive what I'm out to say. Uh, and so I noticed that I just naturally fall into these training development positions in any company. And so I've done that. For 11 years and here I am like wow I've really that's a tool that I have you mm. know so it's amazing you know when you start to look back at the decisions you make as well and notice the common patterns yeah. um because it didn't matter what job I was in that was a common pattern for me was that I was just in training development of the staff yeah um and that's probably because I train and develop myself constantly as well mm. Yeah, all of the things that add up. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> yeah, it's um, amazing. Yeah. 
so one of the things um like all of a sudden I, I don't know when we connected but all of a sudden you just started appearing in my stories actually and um <laughs> <laughs> and you were talking a lot about like body image and and everything um do you want to talk a little bit more about that yeah where to start I actually want to share something something a bit more personal because I know that it's a lot more juicier to have a podcast where you have actual life <laughs> stories and experiences mm. and um so my my body confidence journey probably started when I was around 12 maybe even earlier than that when boys started to notice me um so I have four brothers and they always you know had friends around and my older brother he's only a year older than me but it would have been when him and his friends started to notice girls is when I started to feel like I was noticed. Mm. So I probably would have been 12 or 13. And, um, and I just remember um, thinking to myself, wow, I'm developing boobs, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what are these things? And then I, I would see magazines that my, my dad would accidentally leave around <laughs> and I was, <laughs> and I would hear conversations <laughs> from the boys in the street and my brothers, I would overhear them talking to their mates about women and, mm. and I'd compare myself, I'd look at my friends and I'd be like, oh, so she's getting a lot of attention and this is how her boobs look. And I would look at mine and I'd be like, mine don't look like that. What's wrong with them? You know, if my boobs look like that, I'd probably get more attention. And so I started like picking up these little things like these comparison notes, mm. you know, if I had round, delicious double G boobs at the age of 14, you know, if I had a skinny, skinny waist, really nice, like actually it wasn't big hips at that time. It was all about being a size eight yeah. because once I hit 14, no way. I think it was like 14 or 15. I was a size 10 because I have big bone structure um and everything from there was like I must be fat um and fat people don't get as much attention is what I told myself mm. so I must be fat they don't I don't get as much attention my boobs aren't round and perky they're actually more like pyramids you know at that time I was like why are they pyramids you know <laughs> shouldn't they like round out shouldn't they just do this thing <laughs> But they didn't. They just pointed straight out. And it was like, <laughs> what is wrong with this? So yeah. I was then just, I just noticed myself picking on these little things. And then, and then I started to notice what did get me attention was um, dancing. So I became a dancer and I mm. danced for 10 years. Um, and what did get me attention from the boys was to be like them because I had four brothers. That was easy for me. Mm. So play sports. I used to play a lot of sports, um, be like them. So be really unemotional about, you know, what you say and what you do. I just noticed those, that culture of, of not really um, having much emotion behind, you know, how I felt. Someone yeah. would be like, how are you doing today? They'd be like, yeah, I'm good. You know, I'm cool. It was just, <laughs> yeah. I get so it. I noticed <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I just noticed myself starting to pick up on these cues to get attention. 
Mm. Um, and then as I got older, I got had, you know, I didn't have a boyfriend really until I was in year 12. Um, I had the crushes and I had like kissed a guy in a McDonald's gym, jumbo gym once, but you know, <laughs> but I didn't have a boyfriend. And so year 12, this guy really liked me, but like eight other girls liked him. And so he used to come to all my dance classes and watch me dance. And mm. I used to even compare myself to all of them women, you know, the, the really voluptuous ones who could shake it really well. And the ones with really long hair, the ones with nice tans. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I just noticed myself comparing myself to everybody, no matter what they looked like, mm. no matter what scenario it was in. Um, I was just comparing myself to everybody. And, you know, I, I thought to myself, why does this guy like me? And there must be something about me that he would choose me out of all these eight other women. And so it wasn't even necessarily about being, you know, me liking him which is the key for me is like, I didn't like him. I thought he was cool. I thought he was funny, but ultimately I was like, not interested. Mm. I was only interested because he, for some reason was giving me attention above all these other women that I thought were like a 10 out of 10. Mm. So I noticed that that's where my, my, my own, it, you start to form your own image of yourself in your head you know, this is what I must look like. This is what people say about me, that I have really awesome red hair, curly red hair. You know, so I kept that identity. Mm. Um, people said to me, you're a really cool dancer. You're really confident. Um, you are really funny. So I kept those identities. Mm. And a lot of, not, a, not a lot of people said to me that I was really, um, that I was like, like, you know, your mom and your dad and your people that really love you say that you're beautiful. Mm. I wasn't hearing that from men though, mm. you know, and I was like, um, well, it mustn't really be true. People are just telling me that to make me feel better about yeah. myself. So everything started to exist inside of that identity that, oh, there's something wrong with me. Um, and I'm just not good enough you know if I was skinnier I'd be good enough if I had rounder boobs I'd be good enough if I had a tan I'd be good enough so I just started to notice all of those things um, and it led to eating disorders it led to anxiety disorders I had an anxiety disorder for from the age of probably about 13 till I was 22 or 23 mm. and I would force myself to um throw up after a meal, before I got to school, when I got to school, after lunch, before dinner, after dinner. And it wasn't because I was trying to look skinnier. It was literally the feeling inside of me was so intense. It was like this such a nauseous feeling about how I felt about myself mm. um, that I would actually have to like physically get it out somehow. Yeah. So it would come up as throw up. So I uh, wouldn't necessarily class it as bulimia, but more of an anxiety disorder because of that. Yeah. But um, that went on for a really long time. And then I did a program called the Landmark Forum, uh, Landmark Education. Mm. And I think it's called Landmark Worldwide, actually, when I was 22. So about a couple of years ago. <laughs> I think I was 22. Maybe I was younger than that. I don't remember. 
anyway, I did that program and I really got to see um, for myself the way that I'd been treating myself in my own head. Mm. And the things that I'd started to notice were mostly about my body image. You know, I started to notice that I thought that I had to look a certain way to be loved. Mm. Um, And I thought that I had to um, put on a certain front for the people around me to accept me. Mm. And, and I, you know, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that those things go away because Mm. I'd be fucking lying. (laughs) (laughs) They never go away. Mm. They never go away, yeah. you know, and some people are like, you know, you can heal them and you know, you know what the healing part of it is really just accepting that you're a human being, mm. that you have these conditions, not to hold you back, but you are a human being and to take actions despite the things that you're telling yourself, Yes, you know, and notice the other voice that gets just as loud that says, fuck that, you're beautiful. Hmm. so I started to it's like I started to build the strength in this other voice that was like no no I think I think that you're just confused by the media and you're comparing yourself to Joanna who is a model you know (laughs) yeah so I started to hear this other voice a lot louder than this this um this comparison and this deception of what it actually means to be a woman. Mm. Um, And so this other voice started to, to, it's not like this one ever goes away, but this one started to get louder. And so I started to hear more often, wow, actually I'm really making that up, you know? And then I do have my days where this, this voice says something and I'm like, it's true. That's why he broke up with me, you know? So, so, you know, and that happened quite recently. I had a had this. I wouldn't call it a heartbreak. I don't think your heart breaks, but um, you know, I really liked this guy. Really, really liked this guy, and I hadn't been able to tell him for a really long time. And I told him, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm just not. My heart's just not mm. there." And and old Emily would have been like. It's because I'm not skinny, you know. <laughs> and all of, and you know, I still hear that going on in my head. It's like, you know what? If you looked more like a Victoria's Secret model, there is no way that that man would say that his heart's not in it, you know. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So again, it's a huge journey, and I could talk about this for hours. Yeah. But. The journey continues, Re. Like, I have days where I'm like, I do not feel like a goddess. Mm. And I'm not telling myself that I'm a goddess, but fuck, I'm going to show up like one. Mm. You know? (laughs) Despite it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. One thing, if I'm going to be perfectly honest, or just I may as well, is... um, what has I I've always wanted to do a podcast it's it's it was like something I wanted to do for I think six years and I wanted to jump on social media and and just go all out and just be who I am but the fear not only the fear of being seen but I didn't think I was beautiful enough 
because I see all these people coming on and they look amazing. They have amazing energy about them. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I was very hesitant because I'm like, oh, I'm not them. And, but that was yeah. also the thing. I am not them. I am me. And so I put the bullet and I'm like, here I am. <laughs> and you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, I have the moments all the time and yeah, they don't go away. Yeah. It's just, um, do you kind of go into it like a practice all the time or do you have you gotten up to a point where you're just like fuck yes this is me this is who I am <laughs> yeah mm. yeah it's different all the time if I'm honest I've done so much different work you know I did landmark for nine years and they're really training um, people in communication and how to create through language you know how to use language as your tool to create the world and the reality that you want then I've done I recently did a shamanic retreat which is all about energetic tools um, and things like crystals and meditation and then I've done some card reading um, reiki stuff uh, and I've done, you know, other modalities to do with dance. And I've done, uh, I've read multitude of books and everyone has a different opinion and a different model or way to be able to deal with these things. So ultimately what I do is I choose which one I want to do at the time or which one's going to serve me. And you know what? Sometimes I don't choose anything. Sometimes I really just sit there and I'm like, wow, this is just my humanity. There's nothing to fix or change here. You know, this is just the way. And it's not, you know, I say thoughts and feelings and then I say to just accept them. I don't mean to honor them though. You know, like if we, if I look in the mirror one morning and I'm like, oh my God, my hair is just a disaster. I don't go and then put a hat on and a wig. <laughs> I I do and inside of that it's probably very natural for me but uh, to answer your question it probably is a process the first thing I do is I acknowledge it mm -hmm. I acknowledge what the thought or feeling is I acknowledge the humanity there that's a really important step for me and I actually teach that to a lot of people especially in your relationships if something's going on in your relationship and you're like oh you know, I woke up with this like intense feeling about this, acknowledge it straight away mm. because your thoughts do become your reality. As much as your, your words do, your thoughts become your reality because then your behavior starts to show up that way. So mm. acknowledgement is probably the first step in that process. And then it's, it's actually looking at, at the source of where it came from as like step two. Let's just make it up as we go, Re. Step one, <laughs> acknowledgement. Step two, <laughs> this is how I work, you know? Yeah. You just make it up as you go, but ultimately you have all the knowledge there. It's inside of you. But, um, yeah, step two is like, where did it come from? What's the source? Where's the source of it? Oh, yeah, I remember that time when, um, you know, when, well, actually, this is the most recent one. So with the guy that I was telling you about, Mm -hmm. and um you know we're on we're really good friends we're re really really amazing friends I, I love him to bits and 
I still noticed when he said, you know, my head's in it, my heart's not, and I wish that it was, but it's not. And I just, I just like, okay, I feel really sad. And I just said it straight out. And I feel really sad. I didn't say you made me sad. How dare you? You broke my heart. I said, I feel really sad. And my, I actually experienced my, my chest contracting. And then I, and then I said, you know, I said, I realized when I look back at, at it later that everything about my self-worth came up because it reminded me of the first time that I gave a boy a love letter and he ripped it up in front of me and laughed in my face because he was a new guy at school and he didn't, he, I'd say that he was just embarrassed and he thought that was the cool thing to do as a boy. But to me, it said, you're not worthy of love. (laughs) And so, and so I was like, wow, my brain has just remembered the closest thing to this feeling and attached it to my worth. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just actually really get real with myself. I'm like, this is all about my worth. This has nothing to do with <laughs> said his name. You can probably edit that, but it has nothing to do with this guy. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It has nothing to do with this guy. It has everything to do with my self-worth and it has everything to do with the way what I'm telling myself about the situation, mm. you know, and I really, I really, I'm not perfect at this, by the way. Sometimes I fuck up. Sometimes I'm like, my mom doesn't want to spend time with me, you know, whatever it is. It's like, I'm just making it up. But um, sometimes we really do think it's personal, mm. but step three, <laughs> I love this. Step three, always remember it's not personal. Yeah. Yeah, everybody has their own little reality going on in here. And whether someone tries to intentionally hurt you or not, it still is not personal Mm. because they're just acting out on something that happened to them in the past. Yeah. Yeah, based on survival. So that would be my process. And it become, it's become such a natural thing for me that even when you said, do you have like a process? I was like, no, I'm just a human being. <laughs> but um, it's because I really have highly trained myself to be able to process that um, and then like move on quickly. Yeah. You know, so this thing with this guy didn't last very long. We had an hour conversation and then I was like, wow, you know, this is going to be hard. Mm. And, and every night I've, I've thought to myself, okay, emotions are coming up. Emotions are coming up, feel through it, get through it. Like, just like tell myself it has, I just have to remind myself it has nothing to do with my, my worth. Mm. And, it, and it's not personal to me that he doesn't love me the way I want him to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my process. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you just created like, a program for those uh, with the numbers one, two, yeah. three. You know? Like there you I'm go. Writing it down. All right. There's your next event. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's that's pretty. That's actually pretty. It's very like on point to how my identity program works. Yeah. Is acknowledgement, getting to the source of it, getting that it's not personal. But then the recreating of the new identity, if you don't do that, then you just keep repeating your patterns. Yep. Yeah. So you've got to recreate who you are for yourself. You've got to recreate who you are for him or her 
or your parents, whoever it is, it's like, how do you really want to show up in this world? If it's not about your self-worth, then what is it about? So that's usually the fourth step that people miss. And so they just keep trying to, you know, it's, it's like running, it's like climbing the corporate ladder. They don't realize they're on the ladder still. They're just like, <laughs> you know, well, the hamster wheel, the hamster wheel. You're just going to keep repeating those cycles, mm. you know. And I see a lot of people in, uh, you know, out there doing self-development, trying to heal themselves, going through these um, really emotional barriers. Uh, and ultimately, they're getting all the healing. They're not recreating, mm. you know. There's no creation going on there. So the brain just falls straight back into survival. Yeah. What worked before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah, <laughs> I could talk about this for hours. I told oh, you. I it lights me up. <laughs> it really does light me up. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> so I picked you. <laughs> I just Yay! got that kind of energy from you. Just, even just like seeing a, like a 10 second story, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely someone who who's passionate about what she does. Oh, thank you. Oh, I really appreciate that. <laughs> uh, and I'm so glad say, it's being received. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What I was going to say is, um, you know, this this week was a really tough week for me and um, I think I just overworked myself. Well, that's what I thought it was. I, I thought I overworked mm. myself and I became really emotional because I just didn't have any space for myself. And and um, what it came down to is uh, I don't do the things that, I do the things that I love, but I don't do the things that make me feel like a kid anymore. And I actually had mm. a really weird dream about it. And that's what it turned out to be. Mm. It was that that feeling of being a kid again. And mm. uh, which is yeah. why I'm spending this week dancing to some songs which I'm going to pick soon <laughs> and, and just yeah, hey! singing too. Cause I love singing. Um, my Me kids, too. maybe not so much love my singing, but I love <laughs> singing. I will get them involved. <laughs> I, I find it very therapeutic. Oh, um, I'll, yes, I'll be dancing too. around the house, like cleaning and stuff. And uh, <laughs> you know, the, the look of embarrassment on my kid's face, just, it makes my day. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I do that to my brothers all the time. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's awesome. And that's definitely, that's a, yeah, that's something that I actually suggest people do daily. You know, me and my housemate, we go to the beach and we run and jump into the water and then we run out, you know, squealing and we do, we just do these little things where we, we just like have moments like bursts of fun throughout the day, you know, and you start to incorporate that into your life. It's amazing because joy comes back. Yeah. Like that real essence of joy. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. If someone had asked me the question, when was the last time you experienced joy? I'd probably sit here for a while because I'm just so busy doing rather than yeah. experiencing. I'm writing that down. That's a really good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're helping me out here with this program. <laughs> yeah. You're helping a sister out with this new program. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so good. Yeah. But that's it. I um I started painting again after 10 years because I painted a lot in school 
Um, it was a really tough period of my, in my life, year 11 and 12. I had a lot of family stuff going on. Again, a lot of self-worth stuff, um, a lot of comparison happening with my friends. And, you know, friends were going out and sleeping with strange men and, and some were drinking a lot and other people were starting drugs. And I was like, ah, I don't want to do any of this. Who am I? You know, it was like a real freak out phase. And, um, and that's when I used to paint was to bring myself back to, you know, my, my creativity, what I really enjoyed mm. and just like pure joy. And yeah. so I started doing that again recently and it's just been so much fun. Yeah. Um, and even now that my business has started to lift off again and I've started to take actions in my coaching, uh, I notice the pull to not paint because it, it's not a doing thing. It's not going to achieve anything, mm. you know? So I even noticed in the last few days, I have a project that I want to do and I'm like, but it's not going to get you anywhere. You know, I can hear <laughs> it. I can hear it going off. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, to I remind ourselves that there's nowhere to get. <laughs> yeah, that we're so busy on getting somewhere and we're so busy on achieving something. I think because a lot of people ask, you know, what have you been doing with yourself if you haven't seen them in a while? And you're like, mm. stuff, things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when there's, there's yeah. no um, like physical accomplishment to actually show, it's like just being in the moment and doing something creative. Mm. And, and mm. you know, I, um, I, I love cross stitching. And so I ordered some stuff online and I, I spent like two minutes doing it and I haven't touched it in like the last two months. And, you know, there are other things that I want to be doing, but I'm trying to, like, I go in this space where I keep myself busy because it's achieving something. It's getting me closer to something else, but in the same time, it's taking me away from myself too. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I, um, I noticed the pull to want to like, um, cause I really have created a life where I get to have joy every day. You know, I was in my kitchen making dinner last night because I've just really been wanting to eat, to eat healthier yeah. um, and um, like wanting to create stories and show people that healthy can be fun and, and not even just that. Like I love to inspire people, which is why you probably see my stories and you're like, oh, she's so passionate because it's really, it's for me that it's about inspiring people. But I'm in my kitchen. The parts that people don't get to see online is that I'm actually dancing around. And, you know, the reflection in the microwave, the reflection on the fridge and the reflection in the mirror behind me in the bathroom. And I'm shaking it and I'm looking in the reflections and complimenting myself and, mm. and dancing and singing. And, and um, you know, that's, that's the real joy in my life. I've really set up my life in a way that I love. I love, love, love my life. Yeah. Uh, and I experience joy pretty much in every moment, yeah. you know, and even some moments where it's really sad, I still experience joy because I remind myself, wow, this is what I'm creating. Yeah. You know, and um, I really want to show people to have the, the result or the product out of what you do versus finance. Mm. You know, we think we're going to do, we have to take these actions because they'll make us money instead of thinking to ourselves, I'm going to take these actions because they bring me joy. Mm. So even if it is a task to do with work, I'm going to take these actions because 
this business brings me joy. So it's like reframing ourselves. It's not that we don't have joy in our lives. It's that we're telling ourselves that we have to do things, that we should do these things Mm. because not because we want to, because we're obligated. (laughs) I actually just had a conversation on the last podcast about the word should it's a it's a word I Yay. don't use or I don't like to use. It's because it's such a guilt mm. and shaming kind of word. Like I should be doing this. Yeah. I should be eating healthier. I should be exercising. Yeah. Because there's no intention there. There's just mm. guilt and shame on things that I haven't done yet. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no joy in feeling guilty or shaming yourself or others. There's mm. no joy there at all. No. You know, um, actually, I I have this um, this this distinction about superiority and inferiority, and mostly we'll shame ourselves or others to have ourselves feel more superior, mm. um, and we'll even shame ourselves in front of people to feel more superior. And it's really interesting, this this whole dynamic of wanting to appear like you're someone who, it's like not wanting to look bad, actually, is what I want to say. Mm. You know, um, even if we shame ourselves, we don't want to look bad. We want to show up as people that have their shit together and we want to fit in and we want to... Yes. <laughs> and I say we because I include myself yes (laughs) yeah so the the should and shouldn'ts are only standards that we hold on ourselves in society based Mm -hmm. on what what you know looking good really what looking good actually is Mm. yeah so apart from the podcast thing I do VA work for coaches. It's something I've recently started doing. Oh, cool. And um, I, I love doing it. And I work for a few people and I'll do something for someone. And, but I'm, I kind of make it as like, it's, it, it's easy because it's easy for me because I know this stuff. Whereas for them, if they did mm. it, it would probably take them a long time. And, mm. So I have this kind of image about myself as well when I say, yeah, it's easy. It's easy done. I can do it. But in like in the background, I just spent an hour Googling how to do something because I forgot one little tiny thing and it's just stuffed the whole thing up. So I'll be like, yeah, yep. nah, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just this image I like good. to have of myself. I've just <laughs> my shit together. Yeah. Yes. Mm. I I can 110% relate to that. And I think it has its cons and it has its pros. Like I don't think any one behavior is just bad, you know. Looking good is not a bad thing. It has its cons and its pros. Cons um, obviously would be being that you can't ask for help. Mm. You know, we, we tend to refuse to ask for help if we want to look like we have our shit together. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to ask for help. I want to sort it out and prove to you that I'm really good at this shit without knowing any of it. <laughs> and then obviously, um, so 
And then another con is that it, it might take you longer to do something. You might not be enjoying the experience. Um, but the pros would be that people consider you as someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah. You know, she's very efficient or she's very independent worker, which is something that I got told a lot. Wow, you have an amazing work ethic and you're such an independent worker. And I'm like, that's because I'm pretending to have my shit together <laughs> and look really good. So don't fuck, don't fuck this up for me because it's working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah meanwhile oh, my heart's like pounding like you got this <laughs> yeah don't tell them that you fucked it up yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes absolutely yeah and, oh man we have so much in common <laughs> <laughs> one, our identity one, constructs yeah. have a lot in common so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love i love acknowledgement someone acknowledges me for some work um, it's it's an mm. instant kind of gratification for me like I, I love it if I don't mm. receive it I I feel pretty crappy um but there's something yeah somebody says it I feel it and I'm like oh, it's fine it's okay <laughs> I'll kind of brush yes. it off nothing but really it means everything to me words yeah. are a powerful thing for me yeah mm. I think it's oh, like me too, five, actually. Five low yeah. languages is um, words of affirmation. Words of endearment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, affirmation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I had that conversation yesterday with someone because I I used to like I used to do the same. You know, probably moments of it, but I'm now more aware of when I want to brush off a compliment when mm -hmm. someone's like, "Wow, you look so beautiful today," and I'm like, "Ah, oh, yeah, you know, it's just a new hair product or." because I'm wearing makeup right that's why you know and it's like it, I think that sits in with tall poppy syndrome um a culture and I'm not blaming society here I don't think that's you know very accountable mm. but we have taught ourselves to be like modest or to be humble about when someone gives us a compliment yeah. because otherwise we just look selfish <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's um that's an interesting thing as well with body confidence is um you know this as I'm noticing this culture of of extremes mm. you know I'm not someone out there um on my Instagram taking nude shots and all of that sort of stuff and I I don't mind the people that are but there's no like just acceptance in society of self-worth it has mm. to be like that polarity has seems to be very strong at the moment with you know um I don't know if if it's landing what I'm trying to say but it's either like it's very um there's a lot of shame or there's like almost like a protest about yeah about it yeah yeah I'm just noticing the extreme opposites Hmm. um and usually that happens when we're trying to bring something into balance which is really cool yeah um you know it's obviously happening around the world at the moment because there's <laughs> we've gone from one pendulum to the other hmm. and it's trying to level itself out but um but ultimately yes I like to look good too yeah. and it's again it, go, it kind of goes against our conditioning to accept a compliment if we already think 
of ourselves as independent and that we have our shit together because that would assume that we don't need endearment Mm. yeah but I'm like you I love hearing when someone says to me that I am the most delicious person on the planet (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I just want to fully receive it (laughs) I, I was on a call last night and what was the question okay the question was how long have you been on this journey alone and I'm like oh ow (laughs) I'm like yeah "Yeah, my entire life I'm very self-independent and you know it can be such a fault sometimes because because it's just refusing help because I need to do all these things by myself and Mm. we started talking about um love and um and then one person on the call said um you look really pretty today and my first reaction is I've just been to the gym I'm sweaty I look gross I'm like half eating my dinner on the call and I I just felt really (laughs) disgusting and then uh, someone's like you look really pretty like why that's so cute Uh, no it was funny but um it's like it was also the thing where you know someone says a compliment and you're like push it aside or you know yeah you still feel it you come up with uh, you come up with every reason why it's not true and there must be another explanation (laughs) it's like are you seeing what i'm seeing right now (laughs) i'm writing that question down too how long have I'm you been on this journey? This That's something <laughs> I am. I am. I always take notes, you know, because um, I'm up to so many different things, creating programs, writing a book. Yeah. You know, and I'm always having these conversations with people. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, because that's something I can really, sorry, we're like, I must, we must be lagging, but I keep talking over the top of you. That's right. What did you say? I don't remember something about me writing. <laughs> so I'm always writing. And, uh, that's one thing I'm getting back into yeah. this week because um, uh, someone I know um, read a poem um, and it was about love mm. and it like really opened me up and like, oh, I miss writing so much because now I just write notes. Mm. I write things that I need to do and to-do lists and everything yeah. and it's just, there's no no creativity there's no passion in that writing anymore um so i bought, okay. I bought a journal it's been sitting in, on, on my uh drawers for the last week or so so i'm going to this week i i said at least pick it up twice just to just to write and this is not journaling writing it's just writing like feelings and emotions yeah. and things that are going to come up for me yeah mm. very cool yeah, yeah i do that in my phone because i use i um literally try and put as much of my humanity in social media as possible mm. um you know I, I do have a lot of people contact me like you're so real I'm like well yes so are you <laughs> um, <laughs> but I really like my a lot of what goes in my journal goes on my social media mm. and, a lot of that is my thoughts or things that I've I've um, started to put into my programs, the distinctions that I create, um, really deep things that are happening in my life, and 
I have some people say to me, that's too personal. Why are you putting it on Facebook? You know, that's, that's a little bit too intense. And I was like, because I want to remind people, mm. you know, that they are human beings. We all have these experiences and you don't have to compare yourself to my journey, but you can just know that, you know, there's someone out there that's going along the same path mm. or that has been there. And there's a, not even like a, a light at the end of the tunnel, but honestly, life is just a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. Roller coaster of emotions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think it was just over a year ago. Uh, I had a coach and he was getting me to write things down and then wanted me to write posts about it. And I'm like, what for? Like, why? Like, why do I need to do that kind of thing? Um, yeah. And I started doing it and um, people started reaching out. And then one day, um, mm. someone I knew who was very upgoing and very positive and really amazing um, said that uh, he was having um, some thoughts, some uh, suicidal thoughts. And he opened up Facebook and the first thing he saw was my post. And and I'm like, oh, that's, I think that's the first time I actually ever cried in front of someone. I'm like in tears. Like I didn't know that would have something simple as that, writing something down would have such a ripple effect on someone else. Especially mm. when I thought this yeah. person was just so upbeat and positive all the time when really they're human too and they feel the emotions. And I sometimes forget that. We do. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. We all forget that there's everybody's on their own journey and again everyone has their own internal reality Mm. what's going on in their head you can't see it you can't some people can feel it you know Mm. energetically but ultimately um yeah it's like and and that's why i i really see social media as a source of inspiration it is it is really a platform to connect looking outside of, you know, everything that you saw on Netflix with the social dilemma um, <laughs> and anything, you know, everything you hear about Zuckerberg and, um, yeah. you know, stealing information and all of these things, putting all, all of that, like, not to the side, it's, it's important, it's relevant, but noticing the opportunity that it is to connect globally and make an impact to inspire people just by sharing yourself like that's the only key Mm. just sharing what you're dealing with you know and then like really being vulnerable enough to say to people you know this is just my life right now and this is going to change probably tomorrow but I just want to share it and you just yeah you just really don't know the the ripple effect that has um that's why that's one of the big reasons I created best life I have a best life leadership team of men and they all have their own communities, um, pretty much just Facebook groups where they invite people in depending on what, you know, one of them's a hiking group, one of them's blokes life, men, uh, men's mental health group, one second chance men, and that's about, um, you know, the prison systems and helping and assisting men and women coming in and out of those systems. One of them's a car group in Melbourne that's gone so it's huge there's hundreds of thousands of people in that group um and depression warriors which is a side piece to that car group about mental health yeah. and these 
the men that I'm that I have conversations with that lead these groups are then having conversations with thousands of people mm. about what matters what matters to them what do they want to talk about and then they're then having conversations with their environment you know and the only time I really get to see the ripple effects is when I'm at a family event and my dad and my uncle have been watching one of these groups and participating in them. And then they share about how they shared something with their wife and then their wife shared something with the, and I'm just like, what? You know, this is huge. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, this is amazing. Mm. You just, like you said, you just don't know. You have no idea what impact you're going to make, but just having the conversation is, yeah. It's incredible. And I find yeah. that sharing your story or, or sharing a post about how you feel about something is the first mm. step into getting into someone who's struggling because then they start reaching out or they start looking at all your other posts and they connect with you and then they yeah, start exactly. that conversation to help them get to where they need to go for a more fulfilling life. Mm. Mm absolutely yeah and it's extraordinary and I think that's uh that's what I call community that's what I call creating community um doesn't have to look like everybody being in one group container on Facebook doesn't have to look like everybody having the same beliefs it's really about having a common um a common view and that view being you know inspiration or that view being um impact whatever it is you know you being something about business it's like having a commonality and what i see i see it as one big community because the commonality is that we're all human (laughs) so i welcome and accept anybody into my community you know despite your past despite what you're creating if you're a coach if you're a if you are a uni student it doesn't matter because you're a human being so you're a part of my community part of my tribe (laughs) 